What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. Michael Thompson will join us in three minutes. But first, Bergman, what do you got? So ESPN and the NHL have agreed to a new seven-year deal as part of the league's new U.S. media rights package. And that includes going to be having the, uh, the Stanley Cup on ESPN as well. George, what do you think of this deal with the NHL? I think it's great. I mean, listen, the NHL, I don't care what they say, lost a uh, a lot of – where's the music, by the way? Lost a lot of uh, – a lot of juice when they left ESPN and they had to rebuild it on NBC and they went through this weird phase where they were on the Outdoor Life Network, which eventually became NBC Sports Network. But look, being off of ESPN meant not being on the talk shows regularly or being right. discussed even in talk shows, not being on Sports Center as much. And that stuff matters, whether these leagues like it or not. ESPN is still the place for people to go to for sports. So I think it's smart. Uh, the fact that they could end up getting the Stanley Cup Finals is tremendous. Uh, and I just, look, I loved hockey in the 90s and, you know, maybe even the early 2000s. And it was on ESPN. Since it's been off ESPN, I have been less and less of a hockey fan. I and that's that way is, before I came to ESPN. I think that is exactly one of the biggest points in all of this. So, look, here's the thing. Great deal for the NHL. I'm not so sure it's such a great deal for ESPN. In other words... I get it. It's the fourth league in America, maybe even the fifth now. Um, you're ESPN. You want to have deals with these leagues. It's content. It fills time. But I don't know how big the audience is for the NHL. But to your point, George, when I was a kid, I watched the NHL on ESPN. Now, if it's on NBC Sports or NBC Sports Network or somewhere else where it's not in my face, forget it, man. I'm not watching it, and it's not even – like, I'm watching little college basketball teams right now because they're on ESPN, not because I'm interested. It's because that's where I turn my television to. So good for the NHL. I still question whether or not ESPN needs this. I think it's a good deal for ESPN for the simple fact that we once again will have the Stanley Cup Finals, which oftentimes run concurrently with the NBA playoffs. And so on those nights in which TNT has the marquee games, we're still able to offer playoff sports. So when I think about this deal, I don't necessarily consider the, the regular season as much as when people are most interested, are you in the mix? And this puts ESPN back in the mix for that. Yep, I, I, I agree with all of that. I, I do think, Scott, it is a good deal for ESPN because here's one thing we haven't considered. ESPN Plus, okay? And everybody is going to that model after Disney – um, you know, really went with the plus model, right? With ESPN first, then Disney plus and all that. Now everybody's got a plus Paramount plus, uh, you know, discovery plus everybody's got a plus. So you need content for that. Well, and you can it. put, you can put specific games on ESPN plus. You could put a couple of games a week on ESPN plus. And if you're a hockey fan, a diehard, You'd spend four ninety nine a month. All right, I'll watch a couple games a week Listen, on I'll, exclusively I'll, on ESPN Plus. I understand exactly what you're saying. That when you are in the content business, you're constantly in need of more content. And the NHL, I'm sure, came back to ESPN, and the deal is again, I'm sure, advantageous to ESPN because let's face it, the NHL needs ESPN, in my opinion, more than ESPN sure. needs the NHL. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that part. Um, all right, that's what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Michael Thompson 
Everyone's favorite Michael here at this particular radio station. Of course, the voice of your Los Angeles Lakers broadcast here on the station. Um, so, Michael, let's start here. And Unless you want to opine on the NHL, but I'd rather you opine on basketball first because there's your music. Michael, does the NBA have a three-point problem with too many three-pointers? You know, I, I've been to uh, one NHL game, guys, and it was one of the coolest things I've experienced. I got there by accident. I was doing my show on location in Boston uh, when I was on another station, and it just had to happen to go to the Boston Garden to have to do the show. And at the same time, the Rangers were playing the Bruins, and that's the first NHL game I ever seen live, and it was great. I couldn't believe the pace and how physical it was and the sound and the noise. The problem, with, and the NHL is a great sport to be there live. The problem on TV, why I can't watch, is I can't find the puck. They need to make the puck as big as a Frisbee, and then it'd be more fun. <laughs> Remember when Fox tried uh, the early glowing on, they puck. had the, the glowing puck, right? And yeah. then the Ugh. hockey purists were like, this sucks. And that all the people brutal. that couldn't follow the puck were like, hey, I can actually see it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but now getting back to your NBA question, yeah, the NBA has a three-point problem. Even though I want to add a four-point arc, uh, now that we see the range that Steph and Damian and Bradley Beal and all these shooters can shoot from 30 feet with ease, I had a four-point arc out there to keep the games even closer. But uh, even with that, saying that, guys, the game has become so uh, so mundane and so um, so sort of uh, benign because all it is is set up. I watch all these centers now because I played center LZ when I was growing up and in the NBA, <laughs> and I see all these centers today. Other than Joel Lamp, uh, uh, Embiid and probably uh, – Jokic. Every other center just comes up, sets a high screen, rolls to the basket. Then the guy comes off the screen, either shoots a three or he passes it out to a wing guy. He shoots the three. That's basically what offenses are these days. It's so boring and so uh, and, and so monotonous. Every game's the same. Every game looks the same. No one runs weak side action, cutting hardly ever anymore. Screen down, screen across. The the inside the arc uh, action is sort of uh, sort of disappeared. So yeah, the, the league has a three point problem because. When we played, we shot maybe 10 a game and, and ran other plays. But now, if you don't shoot 43s a game, you're way behind. Yeah, you know, Mike, I was talking with the guys, you know, before you came on about how the two-point shot has been devalued. And, you know, I remember during the this offseason, there were conversations about possibly trading for DeMar DeRozan. And people were like, are you crazy? He can't shoot the three. And I'm like, he shoots like 55% from two. That's like amazing. Why is that yeah. bad? <laughs> like, and the like, thing about it, and the thing about it, LZ, people forget. Yeah, when KD, people maybe didn't pay attention to it because of the way Steph and Clay and KD can shoot three. But when I was up there watching all those games, fellas, part of the uh, the strength of the Warriors was their mid range shooting from absolutely. Clay and Kevin Durant shooting 17, 18 footers. Like they were free throws and shooting them at such a high percentage that it just made your offense even more potent. And you're right, the, the mid-range shot, the Richard Hamiltons of the game are, are gone now. And, and like you said, LZ, people don't value them anymore. It's ridiculous. So what, what is the solution, Michael? The solution is, I think it's too late. I think the game's evolved now where it's all three centers today don't even play back-to-the-basket games anymore. They don't even care about learning post-skills post, uh, in high school guys. They don't even, the big guys aren't even learning how to come into to college with back to the basket skills anymore. It's all about setting the high screen and, and, and freeing up your three point shooters. So I think it's a lost cause. Now the game is where it is and it's going to stay this way. I blame Bill Lamebeer. 
Yeah, he was the first. Yeah, he was the first center to start stepping outside and shooting the, yep. those uh, long range uh, shots. So you may be right about yep. that. And with no back, with no game, with his back to the basket, he was useless in the post, but he was fantastic <laughs> at pick and pop. I blame That's Bill. Right. Yeah. Now they talk about if you're if you can't be a stretch five in this league now, it's like teams don't want you. Are you kidding me? If you can, so you mean to tell me if Shaq or Hakeem were coming out now, they wouldn't be or Kareem, they wouldn't be valuable, or maybe. If they were coming out now, maybe those guys would be shooting threes too and, uh, and ignore the inside game a lot more. Well, well I think Kareem, Kareem uh, and Akeem could surely shoot threes if they wanted to, I think. But oh. Shaq, if, if the Lakers need a big body right now, um, I saw Shaq in the wrestling ring last week, Michael, after you alerted us to Shaq's wrestling antics. After Dusty Rhodes' kid, I don't know his first name, Went flying Cody, off the ring Cody. rope, Cody Rhodes. When he went flying off the ring ropes and cross body blocked Shaq, and Shaq went down through a table and onto the concrete. Shaq looks pretty good. I think um, you know until Anthony Davis gets back, I get ten minutes out of him. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can't, yeah, exactly. I can't believe Shaq took that bump because you know how dangerous that is. Because he could have broke his back, he could have uh, injured his neck. That's a. I wouldn't do that. That's a heck of a fall for a non wrestler to say, I'll go through the table from eight feet up in the air. I mean, LZ, I bet you wouldn't do that, and you're a great athlete. I'm not a great athlete, but I'm great at valuing my body. I would not have done that. <laughs> I was yeah. shocked also. I was totally shocked. So, I mean, come on. Shaq's, yeah. a, Shaq's a big dude, and he's 50 years old now. To do that, yeah. that was pretty impressive. Yeah. So, so Michael, yeah, that was very risky. So, you know, you're talking about big guys and back to the basket and things of that nature. We're having this debate on air about, you know, what the Lakers may or may not need. Are you satisfied with our size? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if they could pick up uh, Andre Drummond, I mean, he ever gets bought out, that's, but I doubt that's going to happen. I think Andre's going to either end up at Boston or the Clippers. Because uh, Brooklyn, I don't think Brooklyn needs them anymore. Brooklyn might still go after him, too. They're trying to load up over there. But as far as size, no, the Lakers have enough with Anthony Davis, as long as he's healthy. LeBron's a beast at six foot eight. He can bully anybody around the basket except for maybe Embiid. I mean, LeBron could just push uh, Jokic around down low, too. And, of course, uh, Montrez Harrell is quick and athletic and tenacious around the hoop. So they got enough size. They just got to stay healthy. So, Michael, when you look at this team, uh, I think that, you know, whether it's a big body or not, like I'd like to see them also add another person who can shoot the ball since we've been talking about three-point shooting anyway, too. Now, I don't want strictly just a three-point specialist. I'd prefer someone who actually plays some defense, too. But I I think that you need that just in case. Let's say, for argument's sake, AD is not ready to go for the, you know, towards the end of the season and you're you're still kind of wondering if he's available. Uh, I think if by March 25th, you don't know AD's future, which is still several weeks away. I think you have to look around about uh, or four guys that could be a good fit with LeBron just in case AD's not there and a shooter and a guy who could defend a little bit would fit. Do you like a perimeter player added potentially to the roster? I mean, like, who are you going to get? Some guy in the G League? If that guy was out there, he'd be on someone's team right now unless they're going to pull off a trade that we don't see coming, but – those kind of guys just ain't walking around the kind of order that you're putting in, George. So uh, some big guy. I mean, you can always look in the G League for, I guess, a wing guy who's shooting pretty well in the G League. I guess they can go that route. Uh, maybe that's what uh, Rob Palenka will have to scout here in the next coming weeks. Hmm. All right. Michael, let me, uh, let me have one second here to just switch topics for a quick second. You've been in my head, and it's kind of something i got to talk to you about, if you don't mind. 
Um, Friday night, I went out to dinner with my daughter to a restaurant. I got home, and I decided I was just going to lay down on my bed, which was made. And I laid down for a second, and I jumped up, and I was like, oh, God, who knows what's on my clothes from the restaurant that I was sitting in that I may have just transferred to my bed. Your whole germophobia thing that you told everybody about last week about hotel rooms and not sitting on the bed, dude, you're in my head. You freaked me out. Thanks a lot. Yeah, that's true. I'm very conscious of that, too, cognizant of that. If I go to a restaurant, if I sit on wooden chairs, I don't mind. But if it's like clock chairs or if I'm on a plane, if I come off of a plane, man, I take my clothes off immediately and take a shower. I'm not going to sit in my house uh, with the same clothes I just came off of a plane or a bus with. So I'm like that because you don't know who's been sitting in those seats. But you're right. Now, if you're sitting in a restaurant with wooden chairs or steel chairs, then you're okay. But if it's like fabric, you're right. It's good to come home and take off your clothes and put on a fresh pair of clothes. God, yeah, you I, me or into take a, a shower. You know, if you oh, can't, you too. turn me into a nut job. It's like in my head now. Yeah, that's why I don't go to movie theaters anymore, guys. I mean, think about those seats. You think they ever clean those seats off? And, and then again, when you sit on a plane, do you rest your head against the headrest? I wear hoodies. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. There, exactly. You know how much lice is on those headrests in the plane? Oh, my goodness. Lice. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you fooling? You're sitting on those leather seats. There's no lice on the leather. That's right. Yeah, true. but you put, I don't rest my head on the on the on the on the back of a plane seat, man. I, if I'm gonna fall asleep, I lean forward. <laughs> like, <I'm praying. laughs> People are like, "Is he alive? Like, what's going on there? Why is he leaning forward?" Uh, so, so, Michael, right. you're you're driving, you're hungry, but you're not starving. You just want a little snack. You decide. I'm just going to swing through this restaurant to grab some fries. What would be the restaurant you would drive through for some fries? Oh, you mean like a drive-through window? Yep. Yes, for fries. Um, yeah. Oh, that's that's a great question. Um, Carl's Jr. They make great fries. They're crisp, they do make they're great hot. fries. Yeah. 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 Nice. Carl's Jr. is great. McDonald's has great fries when they're freshly made. McDonald's is good. You know what else has good fries is um, Del Taco. Sometimes I stop the Del Taco down what? here in San Clemente and get a I've some heard fries. What? I've, I've yeah, heard they Del do Taco. They I've do heard have Del Taco has the best fries. I know this sounds crazy. The crinkle cuts I, are underrated. Yeah, they I've heard good. this also. I've heard it. Yeah. This is yeah, blowing my mind. really good, LZ. As and soon you as you say taco. As soon as you say taco, Michael. You, but you can even tell, say, take the Del Taco homes home. If they get a little cold, you can reheat them in the microwave, and they're still good. Yeah. They are good, LZ. Yeah, I'm a traditionalist. I hear yeah. Carl's Jr.'s got a bomb breakfast, too. Yeah? Oh, oh yeah. Here. Yeah, they're all good because I, I checked them all out. One of my favorite fries, too, is I don't think they have a, a drive-thru, but, but it's Fat Burger. Fat Burger has those thick steak fries. Those oh, yeah. Love those they, things. they do have the thick steak fries, for sure. I really yeah. think you just every like potatoes. Fast food, yeah, every fast food place should have, should have the option of steak fries, thick fries. So, last thing before we let you go, Bergman, explain to uh, Michael what you're dealing with here. And, and, and Michael, give you some fatherly advice. Before we let him go, I'm just having a little bit of some stomach issues, and I'm trying. I was asking the guys for a, for a cleanse idea, but they're saying don't do the cleanse. So, how would you fix my stomach? Well, let's see. I would say uh, some ginger ale and some uh, alka seltzer will be good, of course, the chewable kind, and um, and maybe some tea and and a lot of water. But don't uh, don't. I wouldn't eat anything right now. But just uh, take some some uh, some of that. Uh, some bicarbonate kind of stuff, and you'll be fine. Yeah, well, and if you're not, if you're still going to the bathroom five times a day, then you should go see a doctor. Why, is five times abnormal? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. But don't go to well, the doctor no, no. until you hit your ideal weight. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, that's gonna take a while. All right, Michael. Yeah, back, if, it, if, it, if it lasts more than one, if it lasts more than one day, Bergman, you got a problem. But one day, everybody has little stomach issues for one day. But but if it goes to a second or third date, then you got to go get yourself checked out. Yeah. Oh, it's on day yeah. three. Yeah. yeah. Last thing, three. Michael. Actually, we do have one more. Michael Cooper, Hall of mm. Famer or no? Your teammate. Now listen. I've been saying this for 20 years why, and asking why isn't he in the Hall of Fame. This is ridiculous. This guy was a defensive player of the year, I think like a five-time all-defensive player, a five-time champion, was instrumental and integral to five championships as, as much as Magic, Kareem, and Worthy were. He was the defensive stopper on Showtime. It's long overdue that uh, Mike, Michael Cooper's in the Hall of Fame. This is ridiculous. People act like if basketball's played on only one side of the floor on the offensive side. He was as much a great defensive player as Dominique Wilkins was a great offensive player. Preach. I okay. try to tell him, Michael. I try to tell him. They won't yep. listen to me. Yep. I, I, mm, ah, Hall I think of it's a perception fame. game. You know, it's like, wait a second, Kareem, Magic. No, here's the problem. Know. People are so enamored with numbers, they don't look use their yeah. eyeballs. <laughs> no, exactly. I, 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 I well, get it. I, I get it. Um, and, I, George, I just, George uh, this, listen, this one makes him a Hall of Famer. Larry Bird said he's the toughest defender who ever guarded him. That's case closed. Done. No, I, I don't know. Come on, George. What is wrong with it? you? I don't know if I can do Did it. You, are you too young to remember Showtime, George? No, I it? watch the games. I know what I'm talking know, And I've seen them a million times over. I. I, Hall of Fame, Michael. I mean, I don't know. Dino yeah. Raja is in the Hall of Fame, George. Yeah, that's but right. Dino Raja is an exactly. international player. Like that's different. Like, it's, that's, would you take I, would you take KC Jones and Sam Jones and all those guys out of the Hall of Fame? No, no, I wouldn't. No. Well, they I weren't mean, big time scorers, but they were Hall of Fame players. I mean, the five time first team does kind of change things a little. I didn't realize it was five. I thought it was three, but. Um, Yo, oh, three or five. Come on, he's a defensive player of the year. I, I think that that makes sense every too. year. Well, I mean, look, Ben Wallace is a three is a multiple time defensive player of the year and isn't in the Hall of Fame. So there's that. Yeah, that's yeah, garbage too. Got, yeah, and he ain't got five rings like Michael Cooper. No, I, I get it, but you know, I mean, George, you got a vote? I don't have a vote. No. Okay. Well, um, I mean, because thank vote. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we know you wouldn't get in, Michael. That's for sure. I'd keep you out. When it? When are you I'm already in, in the? I'm already, already in an NBA Hall of Fame. I'm in the Nassau Basketball Association Hall of Fame in the Bahamas. There we go. There oh we go. Right. Oh is it like the wing to like a public library? Is that yeah. how big the Hall of Fame is? Right. Or is it bigger than that? Uh, it's we- a couple of putts joined together down there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're, get out of here, Michael. When are you in uh, – You Spock and the Jock, when is that back? Friday? Friday afternoon, right after, right, right after you guys. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Michael. We love Thank you, Thank you, Michael. All right. Nice. nice. All right, see you. There he is, Michael Thompson. Is here. All right, we're way over the break. Um, we we can do. Let's do this Hall of Fame discussion because the finalists are out. We'll do that on the other side. Uh, we are back in four minutes. But first, Kiki with traffic. Sorry, Kiki. Michael went long. That's okay. Hey, Michael is uh, Michael gets priority. Hey, let's go to a Hollywood traffic is stop one one southbound between Hollywood Boulevard and Mission Road. Santa Monica, same thing. Traffic has just stopped. It's the 10 eastbound between Centinella Avenue and Alameda. This report sponsored by Dell Technologies. Dell semi-annual sale for business has arrived. Enjoy specials on Dell docks, monitors, and servers, plus up to 45% off the latest Dell business computers powered by Intel Core processors. So call 877-ASK-DELL to speak with the Dell Technologies advisor. That's 877-ASK-DELL. I'm Kiki with your traffic, 710 ESPN. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. <laughs> it was funny. You did at first not. I don't believe you understood where LZ was coming oh, from. Oh, no, I completely missed where LZ was going. I got to keep up with LZ. LZ's fast, man. I'm he telling you. fast. Yes. <laughs> I saw the pot. Slows things down for me, like the Matrix. Yeah, it does. Why do you think basketball players used to, certain basketball players used to say they would love to uh, smoke it before games? I uh, did a doobie they- once before I played tennis, guys, and I can't tell you exactly what the flower was or how high I was. I just know I played the best tennis. I could not miss. The ball looked like the size of a beach ball. There you and go. it was amazing. <laughs> Maybe we should do that for uh, Friday Cap Fridays. You know what I'm saying? Since Friday Caps uh, loose on Fridays, you know. You know, um, believe it or not, a lot of people do like to exercise when they get high. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, I have a friend does. who does it every day. Yeah, like because your heart rate goes up actually. Yeah, like I have a friend of mine that when he and I go for a run, he's like, "Yo, let's uh, let's do this before we go out running." I'm like, "Before we run, really?" He's like, yeah, man. He goes, it's going to make the run that much more fun. And I got to be honest with you, he's freaking right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of making things fun, uh, we have a listener, Garrett Nakagawa, and you can follow mm-hmm. him on Twitter at Garrett Nakagawa. He always tweets us the best pictures of restaurants and their food. It is incredible. Like, you should follow him just if you like food. Um, you know, I'm sure Garrett's a nice guy and has plenty of other interests. But the fact that he always tweets us these pictures of food uh, are just incredible. Like, he says, where should I get takeout at Downey this weekend? Apparently, he lives in Downey. He's got this place called Senor Birria, which is fantastic. Uh, that looks great. Fatima's Grill. Fatima's Grill uh, is another place. Dirt Dog. Fun. There you go, Kaplan. Dirt yeah. Dog for you. You love the hot dog. And then this other place, this chicken place, which looks fantastic, called Crimson Coward. Um, but yeah, follow him on Twitter because he's I don't want to be. Stuff. I don't want to be backed into a corner of a hot dog here. I want to just say one thing. <laughs> All I'm saying is this: somebody said the Five Guys fries are bomb. That may be the case. All I'm saying is, in the rare occasion that I get into a Five Guys, I'll definitely have a dog because it's the only place where I would ever order a hot dog. And they're really bomb, and I love the way they butterfly the dog. It's good. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right, let's finish this Hall of Fame discussion. So, Michael Cooper, Elsie, you, 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 like Michael, believe that he should be a Hall of Famer. Now, he's a finalist at the moment. Um, the, the guys who are pretty much locks to get in this time around are Chris Bosh and Paul Pierce. Like, they are mm-hmm. locks, I think, to get of course. in. Um, and then everyone else, I think for the most part, Kind of up for grabs. Like I don't think it. I don't think there are any other locks beyond that. Am I missing anyone? Um, no, no, I, I don't think we are, um, or you are. Um, I, I do think that it is a, a shame, that um, Coop is not already a Hall of Famer. Because, 
having interviewed, you know, a number of members, certainly from the Pistons, but other teams as well, like the Portland Trail Blazers, you know, members from the Utah Jazz, et cetera. Um, they're, they're not short on a heaping praise on Michael Cooper. Um, they're not ones that have to be reminded that Coop was part of those teams. And these are guys they had to battle with. So you're right in the sense of Magic, Kareem, Worthy. Absolutely, absolutely. But trust, I've been hearing Coop just as much as the rest of those guys because they know when Magic sat down, Coop ran the point. They know when they had to face an outstanding point guard or shooting guard, Coop had that assignment. Mm -hmm. They know that Coop was the three-point shooter. (laughs) Like, I understand that Coop didn't have to quote-unquote carry a team. And I understand that he didn't win any MVPs or scoring titles or any other offensive accolades that we always like to point to. But my God, when are we going to start respecting the other side of the ball? Like, really respecting it. Because guys who are his equal on the offensive side are in the Hall of Fame with fewer individual individual accolades. And this guy was a defensive savant. And he has the individual accolades to go with it. And he's still waiting for his call. It's a, it's a damn shame, to be quite honest with you. And it's been By a the really way, long time. I mean, let's let this this is not like just a few years done. I mean, this is a re, this is a generation or two yeah. ago. And just really quick, you know, I would compare it to football guys. You think about a guy like John Lynch, just as an example, who just recently got into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. To me, I look at somebody's body of work, not just their pure playing career. And I'm not even sure that that's the way you're supposed to look at it if you really have a vote. But when you were a great player and a champion and a leader and on great teams, and then you went into broadcasting, and that now you've become a guy who's, who's helped lead a team to a Super Bowl, even though they didn't win as a general manager, it's a body of work. Um, same thing goes here with Cooper, because not only was he an important part of the Showtime Lakers, not only does he have five rings, and there are a lot of other things that go on his resume that you would say, wow, that just sounds like a Hall of Famer, but body of work after his playing days and his coaching days. I mean, to me, if you consider it all, you you would say, that guy right there, those are Hall of Fame credentials. Okay, so I, I, I said when we were talking to Michael, I didn't know. But now I have been swung. And it's not by anything you said, LZ, actually. Or you, Scott. Oh, gosh, I thought oh, I sold you on something that, cool. That's awesome. Because it is <laughs> the Basketball Hall of Fame, right? So, like, your college career matters, your international career matters. Now, none of that is what I'm factoring in with Michael Cooper. But on top of his accolades, right, when you look at him, five-time NBA champion, I didn't remember five-time all-defensive first team, plus three second teams, so eight years on the team. But he also is a two-time champion as a WNBA coach. And I think that that, to me, if I'm looking for – I think he's a borderline candidate. And if I'm looking for something to put him over the top, I do think that that stuff matters. He was the coach of the year in the WNBA once. He won mm-hmm. two titles as a coach for the Sparks. I do think that gets if I, if I if I have to find something to get him in, I feel like that has swayed me in in that direction. That it, it's not what you guys said, but it's that. It's exactly all the stuff what you I said, said is right. But I think that is the cherry on top. Yeah, body of work because he wasn't yeah. just a player who was a champion and had all these great things on his resume. But then his post-career, his post-playing career was about coaching and contributing to the game. So to me, again, body of work. Okay. Eight seasons, he was either first or second team all defensive Yeah, yeah, player. yeah. It's like five and three, right. right. All right, this, uh, 
we can continue this discussion. Do you think Coop should be in the Hall of Fame? 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Oh, and there's one person I left out that is a lock because the person may already be, is No, not may. The person is already in. But this is for a different reason. All right, we'll get into that as well. We'll get your thoughts on Coop. Sedano, LZ, Cap, 710 ESPN, back in three. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Every french fry is the best french fry. That is a tweet uh, right there that was sent to us by one of our listeners, Siobhan Roberts, and her daughter says, Every french fry is a good french fry. That is a cute kid. It is a very, cute kid. Very cute kid. I what love you the hair. Take, I just love the hair, and I love the voice. The pink shirt. I like the pink car seat. What an adorable kid. Beautiful. I just like that our audience is is broad generationally. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. We just had sure. Michael Thompson on, and now yeah. we have like you know. Very, Looks very like, young uh, person. Probably on. a six or seven year old is my guess. Right. Yeah. right. When the salespeople go out and sell and they go, well, you know, generally men 25 to 54, you know, that's kind of our sweet spot. No, 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 no. We got six year old little girls who send in video commentary via Twitter. We're very cool with the young people. Let me tell you. Every fry. I think our views are going to change as it gets older. <laughs> Although Bergman, uh, you know, I'm with Bergman. You brought this up. Del Taco, and a, I think a listener did too. Del Taco does have good fries. Like I, I, I like Del Taco too because there is some variety. I know it's Taco in the name, but they they do a pretty good job with some other stuff. Like uh, you said, you like their burger, right? Yeah, Del Taco makes great fries, but their burger is very, very underrated. The double bacon Del. If you are at Del Taco, Holy get what? the burger. Know, I'm telling this? you the truth. Can you believe get this? He wonders. He wonders yeah, why. Yeah, you wonder stomach, why he has stomach problems. His stomach is, is <laughs> all messed like, up. You know. Are you the kind I, of guy that's getting fried chicken from the gas station too? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I mean, maybe some sushi, but that's are all you, other stuff. Are you oh, getting? You're not getting. Are, do you like? Let me ask you this. Where Where do it's we like draw the line? You need to cleanse line? your brain, not cleanse your intestines. <laughs> is what it sounds like. Do, have you ever? Do you eat at a Seven Eleven occasionally? No, I haven't been there in years. Okay. When was the last time you walked into a convenience store, seen their hot dog rolling device, and gotten yourself a kielbasa off of that? How frequently? That, that would be zero times in oh. my lifetime. Okay. I was wondering no, if that was you. what was wrong with your stomach. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there no, some but the burger is good. Uh, I'm telling you the truth. The burger you know, is good. when you open up certain containers and it says refrigerate after opening, are you following instructions? <laughs> good question. <laughs> yes, yeah. every time, without fail, sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See? Uh, so let me say this. I mentioned that Chris Bosh and, and, and Paul Pierce are locks. There is um, one more. A, yeah, there is one more that I <laughs> yeah. missed. Yeah. Um, and that is Bill Russell is going to be inducted again. Uh, this time as a head coach. <laughs> so, yeah, oh. like, he, yeah, yeah. That yeah, wasn't yeah, the name yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, Bill Russell's definitely in. Like, he's, yeah. he's already in. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like, there, already. there's that part of well, it. Well, the other one is Lauren Jackson. 
Yes, Lauren Jackson. Yes. She is a. I have a fantastic Lauren Jackson story that actually emasculates me, but because I'm secure in my masculinity, I'm going to share it. Okay. So I went to do a story on um, this documentary about a, a young woman who wanted to grow up and be a WNBA player, and it took right. place in Seattle when Lauren Jackson was playing. And Ann Donovan, God rest her soul, uh, was the head coach and invited me the next day to practice with the women. And me, loving basketball, just said, sure, that'd be fantastic. So I show up and, you know, there's Sue Bird and, and Lauren Jackson and everything. Lauren uh, was basically my assignment on defense. Mm-hmm. She goes in the post. This woman said, mouse in the house. Oh, wow. Posted me up, squared me up, mm-hmm. proceeded to hit me in the jaw with her elbow. Right. And then shot a little hook shot and scored on me. Yeah. That woman wore me out. And I remember thinking to myself, you sexist pig, you. Why did you think you could go roll up with some professional basketball players of any gender and that yeah. you would belong? Yeah, she, <laughs> she, yeah, she smoked right. you, in other words. Oh, God, yeah. yeah it wasn't she even like, isn't she like 6'5"? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so she just bodied you, just worked you over. Right. She let me know what's going to happen. She sent mouse in the house, which right. instantly was just like, wait a minute. I'm no yeah. mouse. Well, yeah. I feel like that had to have thrown you, you off, too, when she said that initially. Yeah. You had to be like, wait, what? <laughs> and then and then by the time you went, wait, what? She hit you with the elbow, and it was too oh, late. It was buckets. And then, to add insult to injury, then Sue Bird beat me in a three-point shooting contest wearing flip-flops. Well, they're, they're, that's not a surprise either. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was just, it was very humbling yeah. experience. I uh, loved every minute of it. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. That's a great experience. Now, let's take a look at these finalists, okay? Because there's like a, there's like two handfuls here, all right? So let's just agree that Bosch, Pierce, uh, Russell, obviously, and Lauren Jackson are locks, okay? Let's look at the other ones here, okay? So, l- Bronny, hit me some music here real quick, okay? This will oh, get way you Way to be on time, by the way, Bronny, and the right bed and everything. Way to go, yeah. man. All right, so let's do this. First one is the is let's do coaches here. All right, Rick okay. Adelman, Rick Adelman, NBA coach Rick Adelman, obviously from the mostly famed from the Portland Trailblazers, uh, obviously had uh, a number of different stints uh, with a lot of different teams, including the Warriors, the Kings, the Rockets, and the T Wolves. Uh, but Blazers and Kings, I would say, was his best era uh, early in his career. Rick Adelman, Hall of Famer or not a Hall of Famer? LZ, not a Hall of Famer, not. Yeah, I'm going to go no, too. I'm going to go no on that. Even though he played and he was a pretty good player, too, I'm going to go no. All right, so next we have Jay Wright, the coach of Villanova. Jay Wright, the Villanova coach, multiple-time champion at the NCAA level. LZ. Hall of Famer. Yep, same. I think um, I'm trying to remember where he was before he was at Villanova, like Long Island University or someplace small like that. And he yeah, took L-I- a L I U, I believe, yeah. is where it was. And he yeah. took a no, no. I'm sorry, Drexel. Was it maybe Drexel? Mm, Hofstra. Anyway. Hofstra. There you Hofstra. Go. Yes. He was so at Hofstra. Was there in Long yes. Island, right? Yeah. And he he took a massive step to Villanova and kind of really put Villanova back on the national map. And like you said, won a couple championships. I'm in on Jay Wright. Yeah, I'm in on Jay Wright, too. Jay Wright is a Hall of Famer. All right, uh, where are we going? Well, Bill Russell, we already mentioned he's already in. Um, all right, so let's see. Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace, multiple-time defensive player of the year. Ben Wallace, LZ Granderson. Ben Wallace should have been in. Okay. 
Simple as that then. Four-time yeah. defensive player of the year, Ben Wallace of the Detroit Pistons. Uh, second iteration of, I don't want to say bad boy, but they were they were rough and tough for sure. I would say the unpleasant boys. Unpleasant boys. There yes. you go. That was That's a good way to describe that. Uh, Cap, where are you? See, my first instinct is to say no, but I really got to go now and do all the homework that you were having to do about Michael Cooper to say, okay, well, you know what? I missed this or missed that on his resume. I think everybody's getting into the Hall of Fame, by the way. Deion Sanders says that all the time. You know, it's, it's, it's stopped being about, in every sport, about, like, purely generational players. Like, if you were great, you're now in. No, but Ben Wallace was a generational player. That's he was. He was di- completely different than anyone else at right. his time, for sure. Um, and, you know, came from Virginia Union, right? Like a small school, all that HBCU, stuff. HBCU, bro. Yeah. HBCU. HBCU, yeah. Um, all right, so next we have... Chris Webber, LZ Granderson. So I'm going to go in with Ben Wallace, too. Sorry about that. Uh, Chris Webber. Uh, oh, really? Nice. Okay, good. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, See, this is like... Never the best power uh, forward. It was always Garnett or Duncan or maybe I'm even say Dirk. No. I'm going right? to say no. Yeah. I'm gonna, and it's not just about that. What people don't realize is that he didn't win anything in college either. True. Not even, but he, not even a Big Ten title. Yeah, well, they were stripped, right? No. <laughs> like, Weren't those stripped? Didn't they no. win a Big Ten title? No. See, and I remember, remember like, Ohio State with Jimmy Jackson and those boys. And yeah. well, they yeah. they won. Well, no, but they won a conference tournament then. At least they had to have won one of those. I'm almost positive. But anyway, yeah. when you get down to conference championship, that should tell you something right there. Okay, okay, Captain. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's the same thing. It's like it's like instantly. What do you think? And when I when I hear Chris Weber, and again, I think body of work. I'm going okay. Fab Five. All the years where Sacramento was actually relevant, battles against the Lakers. Like my instant thought is, yeah, Chris Weber, Hall of Famer, yeah. body of work. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm in with Chris Webber, too, and I think the Fab Five, even though they didn't win, a generational team that changed a lot of things in the way people viewed college basketball, I, I think that them and UNLV really did a lot for the, the game. And the timeout, though, was like Listen. one of the most famous plays, and I know it's a, a negative for Chris Webber, but it's, it's still in basketball, college basketball history one of the most famous plays. If you, yeah. if you want to tell me Fab Five, Hall of Fame. As a group. I'm, as saying. a group, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I, I don't think as an individual, you know, it, it, no. Okay. We'll open that up. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. We also have some more names that we'll get to. We'll do it on the other side. We'll take a quick break. We are back in less than three minutes. But first, Kiki with traffic. What's up, Kiki? Hey, George. Thanks so much. I'm going to head to Brea. Been real busy through there today. The 57 South Bend at Yorba Linda Boulevard. We're going to reports of a fire near the on-ramp, and then close by in Anaheim, 57 Northbound, right up Ball Road. We've got a crash on the on-ramp. This report sponsored by Delsum Cough. You could continuously cough for hours on end, or you could take Delsum Cough. Delsum Cough gives you 12 cough relief hours to help accomplish anything you want. Don't let coughing get in the way of your day. Try Delsum Cough and make the most of the next 12 hours. Visit Delsum, D-E-L-S-Y-M.com. Use as directed. I'm Kiki with your traffic, 710 ESPN. Sedano LZ and Cap with you here. So the Hall of Fame finalists are out. We were debating the different ones, the merits of the ones who uh, may not be locks like Chris Bosh or Paul Pierce and obviously Bill Russell getting in as a coach and Lauren Jackson. Those are four locks for sure. I think they only get in six max. 
So that that that's an interesting twist to this too. Maybe that's baseball. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. Baseball um, just but, decided to go with zero. Baseball's like, well, you know they what? can do up up to six in yeah. baseball. Baseball's yeah. like, you know what? We don't think anybody's worthy of the whole right? thing this year, so we're not going to do any. It's like, right. don't you guys think that like from a marketing standpoint, you'd want to have like, a full class? Yeah, <laughs> somebody should at least be in. Yes, it's all here. Um, an idea. But we were stuck on Chris Weber here, okay? And Chris Weber, you know, five time All Star. All-NBA first team once, three-time second team, one-time third team, rookie of the year. Um, and obviously, culturally relevant because of the Fab Five. And you think, LZ, that you're you're not in favor of necessarily Chris being a Hall of Famer, but you believe the Fab Five perhaps should be the Hall of Fame group. The, the, the group should be recognized as a Hall of Fame group because of its impact on the sport. Correct. But if I'm going to look strictly at Chris Webber as he was playing during his era, which is the only thing we can compare him to is when he was playing during his era. No doubt. He was a very good player, but he was never that dude. Yeah, hmm, I'm with you, I think. You know, Bergman, you brought up something interesting during the break. Yeah, I just don't think that he's – I think more of his failures more than his successes. And five-time All-Star in 16 years, I I don't know. He just doesn't seem like – Well, Reggie was a five-time All-Star like in 16, 17 years himself. Right, because it just depends on the position, right? right? Like the East guards were really hard to cut, right? right? Like much like power forward in the West was really hard to cut. So I I do – I don't – I'm with LZ. I don't fault him as much for that part of it. But to me, it is the – like, I think about that collapse against the Lakers, right? And I remember watching Chris Webber literally not wanting to be assertive during those final stages of that game. And when I mean not assertive, I'm not just simply meaning he was passing the ball because there's nothing wrong with passing the ball if it's the right play. Right. But I never felt as if he was the leader of that team saying, Lakers are coming back on us. Give me the rock. Let me get us on home. Well, to your point, on those Fab Five teams, I mean, we all know the leader was Jalen. Right. Right. So it's like I'm not faulting Chris for not winning a championship. I'm not faulting Chris for, you know, only having five all-star appearances. I'm not faulting Chris at all. I'm very proud of him. He's a Detroiter. He repped us well the whole nine. But when you say Hall of Fame, I need to think about that era in which you played I think Michael Cooper was that dude. When you had a guard that was getting off and you put Cooper on him, that guard disappeared. Yeah. Year after year, game after game. He was that dude. When I think about Chris, he had great games. He had some good moments, but I never felt like he was that dude. Yeah, but you see, Chris Webber's name, like people think about Webber and they go, okay, I've known Chris Webber. Since he's a senior in high school, right. I watched him at Michigan. I know about what happened at Michigan, the Fab Five, their cultural influence, the timeout. I know about his NBA career and that he was on good teams and he was in the postseason, but he never really got over. And when this all started, when we were talking about Cooper, we were like, look, five-time champion, five-time uh, all-defensive you know, player and defensive player of the year. And when you look at Cooper's resume in comparison to, to to this resume of Chris Webber, you're like, it's not even close. So then the decision gets made kind of easy, like the scales are tipping. Cooper, automatic. Webber, not even, not even close in this comparison. 
Yeah, I don't know if Cooper's automatic, but it did. The WNBA part of it did sway me because I, again, it's the Basketball Hall of Fame. I say I'm automatic. With, I mean in comparison. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I look. I, I'm no on on Weber too. You know what I'm saying? Like as much as that may surprise people, I'm I'm a no on Weber. All right. Uh, Cap, are you a no then on Weber? Yeah, I just want to say that I, I I have completely in one segment flipped and flopped. I went from, yeah, 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 Chris Weber, okay, long career, yeah, and, and lots of stuff, to, no, actually, you know what, he didn't really win anything. So, like, when I look at a lot of these NFL players and I go, well, that guy's got two Super Bowl rings and that guy's got all the stats but no wins to show for it, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, and that's well, the way I feel about Weber. The, these are the type of discussions these people are having in these rooms when they're discussing these guys as candidates. So it, it you know, the flip flop is fine, like because I, it happens more than you think in those rooms. I flipped uh, and flopped. This, this, yes, flip and flop, like the show. Is that the Tarek show? Tarek El Musa and Christina. She's no longer El Musa. I don't know what her new name is. Her new surname is. I but. don't know. I, I know what show you're talking about. I don't think flip or flop or flip it, flop it or flop the flip is still on HGTV. It, it well, no, they have new shows. No, they, it is. They, it is. Are they back together? Well, no, they they're had still new shows. working together. If that's what you mean. No, no, right. They're working together again, right? They're, they're working together. Oh yeah, yeah. Still, hey, there's a lot of money in that show. Yeah, they're working uh, together, even though they're not together. People don't get divorced the way I used to. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> show is great. I Detail. love Flip or Flop. Yeah, I like that I show. And I know I'm, I'm a love it a listed guy. I'm a love yeah. it a listed guy. Uh, yeah. So, real quick, did you? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that uh, Chris Webber was from Beverly Hills, Michigan. I didn't know there was a Beverly Hills in Michigan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole lot. I, I just, just wrap him up and just say he's from Detroit because yeah. if, you, if you're in that general area and you yeah. made it to St. Cecilia, then I right. just view you as a Detroiter. And St. Cecilia, yeah, no, no. for those who don't know, is, a, is essentially like our version of UCLA, that right. court. That pickup yeah. court. So that's what yeah. I'm talking about. All right, last one. We'll do one more here uh, because I'm not familiar with some of the other some of the other people that are listed as finalists. I just don't know their careers. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, but the last one that I know is Tim Hardaway. Now, I, if you don't mind, I'll start here first. If we want to talk about cultural relevance, like the killer crossover is a move that to this day, like I was watching the jump today, and Richard Jefferson and Paul Pierce, Kendrick Perkins were on with Rachel. And they were talking about it. And Chris Bosh actually was, too, because they announced that he was on and they brought him on. They were all talking about Tim Hardaway, and they also felt like it was a shame that Tim hadn't been in yet. Um, you know, Tim was a, a five-time All-Star, also in the East, which is hard, right? Guards. Yep. Um, and, mul I mean, first-team All-NBA, uh, multiple-time second-team, third-team or whatever. Um, he was the Naismith Player of the Year in college out of UTEP, okay? Like, not like... North Carolina or Duke or anything like that. He was the player of the year out of UTEP, okay? The minors. So, you know, I, I, I look at his career, even though he didn't win a championship, he was clutch as hell in his day. And he actually had two rate good runs in the NBA, great runs, I think, even though he didn't win a championship. The run TMC era with Mullen and Mitch Richmond, and then those Riley Alonzo morning teams where he was – the the guy at the end of the games hitting the big shots for them. So like you know, I, I I would vote Tim in personally. Okay, you're you're in. You've 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 built the case for Tim Hardaway. LZ, what do you say here? All right, why don't you go? Uh, not a Hall of Famer. Um, I love Tim Hardaway too, and I know what you're talking about with the crossover dribble. And okay, I got it. And you're right. There were two really good runs. His run in Miami with Alonzo Mourning was a great period of time in Miami Heat basketball history. It preceded Dwayne Wade. It preceded that championship. It preceded uh, what has happened to that organization since. 
Um, it was the establishment in the early days of the Miami Heat. But uh, that was a period of time where Patrick Ewing and the Knicks, but more importantly, Michael Jordan and the Bulls. So as great as Mourning and Hardaway were and as close as they were to battling with those teams, they could never get over. And so Hardaway, great career, lots to be proud of, um, could brag for a lifetime. But does it reach Hall of Fame status? In this particular case, I'm voting no. Yeah, the last it, one. It's a no for me. Okay. And it has nothing to do with the anti-gay remarks that he's made. He seems to believe, he's said this multiple times on the record, that he believes he's being punished for his slur. I don't think he's being punished for his slur. Needs not for me. I can't speak for anyone else. I just don't think he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Very Good, but he's not the Hall of Famer. Okay. Him and Chris Webber can go together to the Hall of Very Good. They can be really super proud of their career. And by the way, there'll be a lot of other guys in the Hall of Very Good, but not the Hall of Fame. All right, we've got a uh, sort of breaking news story about the Lakers that's coming from overseas of all places. Interesting stuff. I'm going to tell you what's popping on Twitter right now. If you're a Laker fan, you're going to stick around. We're back in four minutes.